Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Episode 152, Financial Independence 101 with Jamila Souffrant. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are talking about financial independence. If any of you are familiar with the FIRE movement, we're specifically talking more about the FI part of FIRE, not the retire early part, because that's what we like more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just freedom with our money, not necessarily not working anymore. (laughs) So Jamila has really great perspective on this. Tons of freedom to find ourselves somewhere along the spectrum, ways to get there. I think wherever you're at in your journey, this is a really helpful episode. And I think she gives a lot of really great tips. Absolutely. But first, let's shout out our sponsors. Yes. This episode is brought to you by the Frugal Friends Workbook Flash Sale. Yes, the Frugal Friends Workbook is a digital workbook with six week-long challenges that are meant to turn improving your finances into a game. So you'll get 60 pages of teaching implementation guidance on topics ranging from decluttering and increasing your income to having healthy conversations about money. It's really very broad. So while it can be completed on your own, it's actually created to be gone through in pairs or small groups. That's why every purchase comes with two downloads. And for this week only, Friday to Friday, we are offering it for 40% off. So head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash workbook, no code needed. Now is your chance to get the workbook for 40% off. This is the lowest we ever offer it. Also brought to you by Autonomy, that feeling of being your own person with the agency to make your own decisions with freedom. Autonomy is reminding us that even when stuck at home with limited opportunities, at least we can choose what we eat for dinner and where our money goes. Amen. That's the end of that, point blank. (laughs) Just done. Yeah, so today we have Jamila Souffrant on. She is the host of the Journey to Launch podcast and journeytolaunch.com. She is one of those podcasters that we as podcasters look up to. She has a great show. She gives great 
information. And so it is definitely, she is someone to look up to. And I think you're going to love this interview with her. Without further ado, here's Jamila. Jamila, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, ladies, for having me. So thrilled to talk with you, Jamila, and hear all of the wisdom and insight you have on this topic. It's amazing. If you Google your name, so much comes up. You are all (laughs) over the place when all this talk about, look at what this millennial did. Look how much they saved. I mean, just crushing it. And so you really are an expert on this topic. So we couldn't be more thrilled for you to be with us today. I'm excited to talk about it with your audience. Yes. I especially love that I feel like you bring such a level-headed view to financial independence. There's so much out there that's very extreme, and it can be off-putting, and everything you put out is just like makes a lot of sense. So I'm excited to especially talk with you about this. Yeah. I mean, that was my biggest thing. It's like, how can I talk about this in a way that's actually really authentic to the way I feel about it, that I'm not super, I know the name of this is frugal. <laughs> you know, you guys are fr- frugality, but like for me, like I'm not super frugal. I may be frugal in some areas, but not really overall. And so I wanted to talk about financial independence and the pursuit of it in a way that was more attainable or more desirable to people like myself who want to have a more balanced approach to freedom. Love that. Frugality absolutely intersects with financial freedom and autonomy and independence. And so certainly the message that you have absolutely intersects with what we're doing, even if you don't wash out your Ziploc bags when you're done with them. (laughs) I don't do that either, by the way. Yeah, who does that? But the thing about it too is like, you know, sometimes you put these labels on things and it's like either good or bad. Like we label it one way or the other. And I think there's so much in the middle Mm -hmm. where, you know, frugality is not bad. If you don't enjoy certain things or you don't think it's something that you need, that's fine. But it's not like we always have to look at financial independence is bad. It's only one way. Frugality is bad or good. It's only one way. I just think there's a spectrum that we can pick and choose what works for us and move on with our lives in a way that feels good. Yes, that message of freedom. Thank you so much for bringing that to our audience because that is at the end of the day what we want to drive home. It is personal to each one of us and we need to figure out what works for us. So yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, you got to find your radical middle. Mm. Yes. So (laughs) yes. Okay. So Jamila, Walk us a little bit through, like, what is financial independence and how did you get into it? Yeah. So, I mean, the technical term, you know, if there are financial independence police out there on the internet, or listening. <laughs> oh, right, they're, they're, they're out there. The, <laughs> the technical term is having enough saved or invested in your portfolio, your investment portfolio, retirement portfolio, where you have enough money from that portfolio to not have to actively work anymore. So that portfolio spins off income in which you now are financially independent. You don't have to work anymore. That's the technical definition. Awesome. What got you interested in it? Right. I'm still on a journey to financial independence, but what really like piqued my interest in this whole movement, and I've actually changed my ideas on it since started Journey to Launch, which is my platform, is that I was, I would say stuck, quote unquote, stuck in a commute in a job that I wasn't in love with. And so I was working in corporate America after graduating from college, you know, kind of got on the trajectory of climbing the corporate ladder, although I always wanted to have more freedom in my life. Like I was always one of those kids where, you know, I didn't like people telling me what to do. I don't know what kid does, but I'm just (laughs) like, I wanted to just be my own boss. I knew, I felt like when I graduated from college, I wanted to like 
I already had this idea that I was going to like not work for anyone past 30 years old. And then I didn't know how that was going to happen. I thought maybe, okay, I, I need to start a business, win the lottery. I don't know. I had to do something big to make that happen. Then I started businesses in my 20s or I attempted to do different things outside of my corporate career and none of them panned out. And so I kind of got into this thing where I guess I need to work until I'm 65, like everyone else in this building around me does. And that's it. Like, who are you to have these big dreams? So I kind of forgot about it, or at least, you know, I thought it wouldn't be possible for me to ever quit my job. And then early 30s now, so I passed this mark of that I set for myself that I wasn't going to work for anyone past 30. I was in this commute that was really long. But at this stage, I was pregnant with my first son. And so being pregnant with my son and the typical commute at that time was like an hour and a half one way, which I got used to, like being like no kids, single, you know, my life progressed to the point where I was like married by the time I was pregnant. But, you know, it's different when it's just you or it's just you and your partner. So if I got home at 730, fine. But that day when I was pregnant with my first son, it took like four hours. Like the commute was horrible. One way to get home that day. And like the traffic gods were not pleased, like everything that could go wrong that day went wrong. (laughs) And so I remember just being pregnant and saying to myself, like, I can't, this can't be my life. And I knew I wanted more kids. And I just said, you know, I can't do this like anymore, or I need to figure out a, a way out. And I started to just think about, okay, what can I do to get me into a position where this doesn't have to be my life forever? started Googling how to quit my job, (laughs) like all these things, right? Like maybe people do if they're in a job they don't like, how to quit my job, how to retire. Like I didn't know about financial independence in this way that I spoke about it. But then of course, all these blogs started to come up. I discovered Mr. Money Mustache and all these things that I actually don't follow as much anymore, but they were an entry point to open my eyes up to a way in which you can save and invest your income over time to be able to become financially independent where you can quit said job one day and do what you want. And so that really hooked me because I said, okay, there's a way I can do this without necessarily being like an entrepreneur or winning the lottery. Like I can do this from my job and just be smarter with the way I save and invest it. And that's what really prompted me to start the journey. Awesome. It's amazing to me, Jamila, so often, not every time, but a lot of times when we talk with people who are in this process towards reaching financial goals or kind of caught the bug of becoming debt-free or whatever it is, there is typically this pivotal moment that you can remember kind of vividly. Like there's images attached to it. There's specific life circumstances attached to it. For you, it was this four-hour commute, pregnant and wanting something different as kind of the breaking point. But also another theme that I've realized with that is it's usually usually some sort of difficult moment. <laughs> it's that guy, almost like, okay, this felt awful and I didn't want to feel this again. And kind of, it offers a helpful reframe, I think, even for our listeners, what you're describing, because it can be those very difficult moments that are the catalysts to something new that finally give us what we need to say enough. We're going to go a different direction. We're going to be creative. We're going to find some freedom for ourselves. So I think there's a lot of really beautiful tenants in what you're describing here that can be helpful for folks. Yeah, I'm a big believer and it sounds corny, but I do believe everything happens for a reason. Every life experience, good or bad, you know, develops you into the person you are today. So like the trials and tribulations you're currently going through or been through, like are preparing you for something else and possibly better, but it's pushing you forward and it's the way you frame that. And so I definitely, once I discovered that this was a thing, I used it um, as fuel for me 
to figure out a plan. Um, you know, I call it like the gift and the curse when you find out about, and I think this is not just financial independence, but just money, just anything that like pushes you to make better decisions, but specifically financial independence. Like once I realized it was a thing, it was a gift because I thought, okay, so there's a way in which with my income, you know, at times married, we're starting our family that we could do better with our lives or with our money. And in the same regard, I also felt, and when I mapped it out and how long it will take us to reach our goals, I was like, wow, like now that I know about this thing, it kind of made me more, a little bit more impatient (laughs) about what this could look like because I was like, wow, like I actually now have to wait seven, 10 years, which in the grand scheme of things is not long, but I call it the gift and curse because you're, you're opened up now to this new world, a new way of doing things, which is exciting. But then now you have to make changes. You have to be patient because it's not overnight that these things happen either, that the changes happen. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me want this like one of those signs that you get from Marshall's that like says, embrace the struggle. Like there is so much growth and joy that comes out of struggles, whether they are from us or from external factors. And when we are in it, we definitely don't want to embrace it. But it's such a great reminder that it's out of the struggles that come these great things, the things that make us truly joyful. Yeah. Jamila, you mentioned that a lot has changed for you since that time, since that moment of being pregnant in the car, traffic gods against you up until this point on your financial independence journey and even not even following some of the same people. I'm curious what else you've noticed about how your pursuit of financial independence has shifted over the years. Yeah, this is a great question because when I started, so initially when I was pregnant and I started to Google and look into this concept, it's not that I started right away Journey to Launch, right? So Journey to Launch, right now it's like, you know, to podcast, it's all these things. But in the beginning, it was just meant to be a blog because I was so inspired by the other bloggers and, you know, um, guests on other podcasts documenting their journey. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to document my journey. So I started Journey to Launch to do that. And at the time, myself and my husband, we were working on our jobs. So I was in corporate America and I had a pretty good job, you know, where I got bonuses and the, you know, career trajectory was where I could earn a lot of money over time. My husband's um, a teacher, but together our income living in New York City was pretty good. And so, you know, it was all about how much can we save and invest, like how aggressively relatively like where we can still like enjoy the things we did, but that we can like save as much of our income as possible so that I could possibly And at the time when I started, officially started Journey to Launch, I was like, I'm going to quit and reach financial independence, my version of it, by 40 years old. But at the time, we had our jobs, we had income to do that. So the first two years that we intentionally started this, I was able to, we were able to save $169,000 between our 401ks, our 403b plan, like using all the tax advantage retirement accounts. As I started to document this to be a journey to launch, um, you know, I eventually did a, had a podcast and all these things. I started to realize, like, wait a second, there's a lot going on here because now I'm working this job. Um, by then, I forgot how many kids I have at that, at that time. I have three now, <laughs> <laughs> but they start, it started to grow. They came yeah, along the way. Right? And so I didn't like, so um, my first was already born by the time I started journey to launch. But then as I started to get really into financial independence and figuring out my path, I even started to have more kids. And so by then I was like juggling a full-time job, which was pretty demanding, a really crazy commute, 
kids and then two at the time because I had my second son by then and then journey to launch which was kind of taken off so I would come home after the kids go to bed and then I would do the podcast and I'd blogs and all this stuff and you guys know how much work that is and so I started to like think to myself like there's no way I can sustain this for the next you know five six years at that time right because my goal was to work in my job you know get that money save and invest and then be able to quit do my own thing and like not have to worry about money. And I was like, wait a second, I can't, that's not going to be sustainable with as much as I have going on. And so I had to come to the decision of if I was going to continue to do all the things or drop something and, you know, the job didn't make the cut. I had to actually leave my job in order to really create balance in my life and continue on this path at my own pace. Yeah. Most people would have dropped the podcast. Most people do drop their podcast. It's impressive when somebody podcasts past 10 episodes. Well, this is, so this is why, you know, my ideas and what I believe and think about financial independence have shifted and evolved over time is because, you know, if you look at why people want financial independence or financial freedom, if you don't, you know, that term is too much for you or to pay off debt and all these things, you just, you want more options. You want more flexibility. You want ownership of your time. And so if you are able to create that without necessarily all the money in the bank just yet and more flexibility and freedom, like you've won or you're winning in a way. And so realizing that while I wouldn't be financially independent, while this would be a big risk because my income at the time was, you know, more than half the income of the household, I had the most potential to earn more money than my husband did as a teacher. And so for me to walk away from that, to have the flexibility that I have now. I mean, it's not like it's not hard work to be a full-time entrepreneur, but to have the flexibility, to have a bit more freedom and options, I was like, that is the goal, right? And so I said to myself, if it's going to be more money at this job versus like my sanity, my health, just my happiness versus who knows what's going to happen with this business, but hey, we'll be okay. And I would have, you know, more just balance in my life. It was like a no-brainer for me at that point that I had to pick myself and journey to launch and the kids more than the job. Mm. I appreciate the calculated risks that you're describing in your story that it was a risk to step away from what you're describing a pretty decent job, but yet wasn't providing you the flexibility, but you didn't do that immediately. It was a learning process of following others. It was all right, beginning to look at your own story. It was staying in your job for a little while and building this other thing to see if this is worth investing more into. And that is such a good point because, you know, this was a calculated risk. I didn't like decide one day and just like quit. So the moment that I did know that I wanted to quit, like I, we got pregnant with my third um, child. And I said to myself, by the time, like I'm off from maternity leave, I would like not to have to go back to work. And so that gives us, you know, a year and a half to figure this out, you know, to start saving money in order to support this big life change. Because my husband's um, job at the, that point and still today doesn't cover all of our expenses. So we needed to create like this runway, this FU fund, um, you know, where it was going to sustain us while I figured journey to launch out while I figured out what was going to be happening. And, you know, at the time journey to launch wasn't making it like hardly anything compared to what I was bringing in, but there was potential. And I knew that if I had more time to focus on it, I could grow it to something bigger. 
But I think um, the calculated risks are important in terms of if you have a job. So I'm not for like everyone should be entrepreneur or quit their jobs. Like I think working is amazing. If you can find a job that you love (laughs) and that, you know, pays you what you want to be paid and has great benefits, like that's not a bad thing. You know, you can use that job to help, you know, fund the things you love and your investments and your life. Like that's not horrible. Um, I don't think everyone is meant to become an entrepreneur. So for me, it's like, if you're doing something, if you're working somewhere right now, whether you love it or not, if you love it, that's great. But like, be intentional, use that money, like has something that's going to propel you forward. Like, you know, look at what the income can do for you as you, you know, grow in the job or the position or what you want to do in life. Because that's honestly, without my job, I would not have been able to do all the things that I've done um, so far. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Absolutely. And thanks for saying that, Jamila. It's not as if anyone out there has to start their own blog. That was your process. And I know that's the message that you're speaking of freedom, of whatever it is, there can be financial independence available to people. A lot of what you're describing is just going aggressively at saving and investing. For you, the pathway forward in that was blogging and teaching other people how to do this, but it doesn't have to be that. The primary focus is what can we be doing to be getting at these goals more aggressively rather than just going about life status quo. There are more options out there. Yeah. And I do want to say about the aggressive part, because we were more aggressive in the beginning when we had the income because we had the flexibility to do that. But when I made the decision to stop that I wanted to quit, that whole time working up to that while I was pregnant, we had to save that money. So we had to stop investing altogether in our investment accounts in order to save enough cash to um, have to be comfortable. And even after that, now working full time, the first 
two years almost, we weren't investing again because we needed that money <laughs> to be able to live. And so every journey, every path is going to be different depending on your circumstance. And so if you're in a position where you can aggressively save and invest because you have the income and or you're super frugal and you enjoy the lifestyle, then do that, right? But I find that sometimes people feel really bad, which I don't want them to feel that they can't do as much because if you have small kids and you have to work and pay for daycare, that's an expense you can't get out of, right? Like if you are commuting or just there's life happening, like you have to adjust for that in your journey. And it's okay if there are some points where you can't do the most, especially in the pandemic, right? Like we're still going through this and people's um, situations have changed so much. So I just want to just caution that everyone's journey looks different. And I had to adjust the way we saved and invested as a family based on our circumstances. And most likely you will have to also. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Sometimes like not investing on financial independence can be like big red X's. But I mean, we we did the same thing. I got laid off six weeks before I had my first son and we stopped investing for the first year just to make sure. And then Lo and behold, a pandemic happened and my husband works in aircraft maintenance. So we still weren't investing and besides our IRAs. And so now we're kind of like starting to get back into that like aggressive. But yeah, we took time off and like part of me was feeling like guilty. And I had to keep reminding myself like you don't get that money back. Sometimes you just need to pay for things. You need to have money. So what's interesting is, so this whole talk, and you know, I think it's interesting because you can make all the plans in the world about what you're going to do when you get to a certain point and then it happens and it feels totally different because we essentially created this fund, this FU fund. And I don't know if, I don't think I need to explain what that is, or maybe I do, but (laughs) it's like enough money to sustain you, right? Like for a long time. So it's more than maybe an emergency fund, but like Mm -hmm. it's money where you can use this to walk away from something or do something different and not have to really worry about your bills. And so we planned that this money would start to decrease increase over time because Journey to Launch was not making money um, and contributing to the household income. And even with that, even knowing that and planning for it and having this big like, you know, lump sum, seeing it like deplete every month was like, (laughs) it was like, it was crazy. It was actually like, that wasn't a good feeling because I was so used to being able to grow money, save and invest. Mm -hmm. But to see it now going down every month, even though I knew that what was going to happen, but to see it actually happen, definitely um, like it was uncomfortable, but also remembering that this is what you plan for, like, and also to understand the trade-off, right? So the trade-off for me taking that money out of our savings, it was me being home, being able to work on my business, having more flexibility, like not just seeing the money depleting, but seeing what that money was giving back to me. Like that actually wasn't an investment even though it didn't seem like it at the time, it was an investment into what I'm doing now, my happiness, my time. And so, you know, you have to reframe the way you think about things a lot of the times. Yeah, definitely. So for people who want to pursue financial independence, what do you think is something that's like most helpful to know for people starting out that journey? Yeah. So you have to break this out into um, steps to make it more desirable or attainable because if you think about so technically if you wanted to pursue the technical definition the quick rule of thumb is multiplying how much you want to spend um, annually by 25 right so that's what the point in which you reach financial independence because then you can withdraw four percent of that portfolio every year without technically running out of money if you do that calculation based on how much you spend 
that can possibly be a big number. Like for certain people who are maybe frugal, don't spend a lot, maybe it's not as huge. But if you are, you know, have kids, spend a lot and or like certain things, that may be a lot of money. And so when you make that calculation and you look at where you are currently, it can seem like a long ways away, right? Like if you have debt, if you're not earning enough, all these things. And I think that can um, sometimes just be, you know, that's why most people, and I, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with them, think that financial independence is not possible. But I do think what's possible is, so I break down the journey to financial independence in stages because I want people to understand that it's a marathon and there are different things that you have to do to get to this ultimate goal. And so like the first stage um, is becoming just financially like stable, that you can pay your bills, pay your debt, and not go into the red every month and put money on your credit card. Like that's just stage one, right? Stage two, and I I call them the journey or stages in my content, but stage two, I call it like the cadet stage, where like you're paying off debt, consumer debt. And so that stage can take a while, depending on what kind of consumer debt you have. You know, I don't include like a mortgage or student loan debt in there because those balances can tend to be high. And then once you pay off your debt, which can take years or, you know, who knows how long, the next stage is stage three, the aviator stage, you're building your assets. So you paid off most of your debt. So now you can focus on growing your assets, your investments. And then stage four is where you can get to work flexibility, which is what I currently have. So I believe everyone can get to stage four. I do believe that can be possible for everyone, meaning Work flexibility defined as you can choose what you want to do. So it doesn't mean you you don't have to work. You still have to bring in money, but you have more flexibility in what you choose to do. Maybe you can take a break, you know, whether that's to have kids, travel the world. But because you set up such a solid foundation by passing all those other steps, you have more options. You're not like stuck in a bad situation or place because you can't pay your bills. And then stage five, like that's the next stage, that is complete financial independence. So I tell people when they're looking at this is to break it up in the stages, identify the stage you're in, realize that, you know, each stage has its own milestones within it to be very proud of yourself for that. But to look at this in a way that motivates you instead of like deters you, like, you know, don't set like the goal of, oh, I need to like save and invest 2 million. I'm only at negative 30,000 or, you know, depending on where you are. And this feels like I can't do it set your milestones within those different stages so that you can, you know, feel good about the progress you make. I love the way that you succinctly identified kind of how you can move through this. I think that's so much of the battle is this goal competition or what should I be focusing on first or next? Or I know that something we run into with people and myself of, okay, I'm debt free. Now what? That took so much of my time, energy, and attention. What do I do now? And to have a clear pathway forward. But again, as you say, with milestones in it, with freedoms within that to define how that's going to look. And thank you for certainly tempering me with my use of the word aggression, but also with identifying that work flexibility doesn't necessarily mean that everyone gets to just sit at home and work on, not just sit at home, work on your computer. That comes with its own difficulties (laughs) too, but that it looks different. We still need all of the different trades and career paths, but really that flexibility to not feel stuck, Yeah, that you can move into something else if what you are currently doing is not for you. It's not making enough income for your family or your needs, or you're just not enjoying it. So just this message of freedom that's woven throughout here is so appreciated. Yeah. 
I don't know, Jamila, if you have anything outside of these stages or you've outlined this beautifully, but if somebody is kind of hearing this and saying, yeah, I want to aim at this, is there something that they should be considering doing first, maybe even before entering into stage one or maybe in the midst of stage one? Like if someone's saying, yes, I want this, what would you advise as one of the very first steps to take? Well, first you need to know where you currently are. So like assessment and like getting the numbers out there is key because you can define like your target point of where you ultimately want to be and how much you ultimately want to have, which by the way can change because your life, what you prefer, that things change over time, right? But it's important to understand what your starting point is. And so you're going to have to take inventory of what your current liabilities are, what your current assets are, what's your income, what's your expenses, like the four major things, income, expenses, assets, liabilities, and really get that in front of you on paper. And for most people, right, like the big idea, like we talk about this a lot, like the big concepts, or at least I do the big concepts of freedom and financial independence. But then people like it's everyday life that people need to live, including myself, like what on an everyday, like in scenario, what are you doing with your money, where it's not overwhelming, where you're you feel in control of it. And so the first step is to know your numbers and then figure out a money money management, like system and tool that you can use to now help you get to your goals. So whether that is getting that budget together, you have debt that you need to work on. Okay, so what is a debt payoff plan? And how does that look? And how will you accomplish it? But the first step ultimately is understanding where you are. So assessment. Mm, We just cannot skip over this phase as much as people want to. Oh, and that yeah, that can be a big barrier for people. I don't want to I am surprised by how many people listen to the show and pursue like financial education. And then I ask, okay, how much debt do you have? And they're like, uh, I don't, I don't haven't taken a tally. And I'm like, but you have to know your numbers before you can completely like move on from them. Well, and some people don't want to know. It's okay. We're here. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't want to actually see it and Mm -hmm. you don't want to know like how much you're spending. Like it, it never fails every time that I have someone do this exercise where they are actually like looking back at how much they spent over the last three months. Like they're like, I never knew I was spending that much on like going out or groceries or all these little items. And so, you know, it can seem a little bit overwhelming at first, but you know, it's necessary. You have to at least take inventory of where you currently are in order to figure out how you're going to move forward. It's the first step in being able to then have any level of control over it or determine how you're moving forward. You know, I would like to point out something here because I know I'm talking about like, you know, tactical, like, you know, numbers. But ultimately, I am a big believer of mindset and habits. And so I always say people do want to go strictly to, okay, how can I reduce my expenses? How can I make more money? Which are important. Like those are the two things that like are going to get you to your goals, like earning more and optimizing for expenses. But none of that can be completed or done or sustained without the mindset to do it and the habits to help you do it. And so I actually believe that, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you, you know, it's great that you're aware, awareness is the first step that this is something that you should be into or thinking about, but it's really mindset and habits that are going to sustain you and determine what the journey is like for you. So I wanted to just like say, you know, working on your money mindset, working on your overall health and quality of life and how you feel about yourself and money is extremely important. Hundred percent. I (laughs) affirm this. We're whole people. Mm -hmm. We're not just financial or just relational, right? We are emotional, mental, spiritual, relational beings, and they all work in conjunction. And so, the more we're able to care for all aspects of our personhood, the better off we'll be. Yes. Yeah. 
Speaking of just taking care of important and things. things that make us better off. The bill of the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Jamila, every week we invite a listener or our guest, we have one on, to share with us their Bill of the Week. And we sprung this on you very last minute. Jamila, you can just start off with your bill. Yes. Well, so I've had some time, a little bit of time to think about this. And a bill that I actually love paying is um, help with for my kids. So I am, you know, working from home. And luckily, I do have help where, you know, someone can watch my kids while I'm doing my work. And so I gladly play. And there's someone I... I'm acting like this person I don't know. This someone is my aunt. (laughs) So I am um, really grateful that I'm able to, you know, provide her with income and then also get some, you know, relief and space so that I can do what I, you know, love to do, which is journey to launch. So I am, that's a bill I gladly pay. And I wish I could pay her more. And that's why I need need to like make more money. I'm with you. Daycare is the best money I pay every other week. And I, yes. I will pay, I tried to pay her more so I could leave them there longer. And she's like, no, this is fine. And I was like, please, no. Can you keep them on the weekend maybe? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't, I know I'm really lucky to have that. And so, yeah, I'm, I quietly pay her her money and whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Values-based mm, spending. Yes. I love it. That's what comes with financial independence and frugality. Absolutely. If you want to submit your bill of the week, if it's a bill about having people care for your sweet young cherubs or anything else, please visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. Surprise us. Let us know. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. 
I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. And now it's time for the lightning round. (laughs) I left you hanging there. I'm so sorry, Joanne. No, that's good. The lightning round. We are going to go around and share the next financial milestone we are each working on. So Jamila, as our guest, you can go first. All right. My next financial milestone. Okay. So here's the thing. We have started to invest again. Feels amazing. And before the end of the year, I opened up my solo 401k. I'm waiting like to do my whole like tax returns first to see like the max that I feel like I want to put into that solo 401k. So I'm really excited about that to invest into that account. For the first time since, you know, leaving my job, being able to invest in a pre-tax retirement account. That's that's awesome. That is actually almost the same thing that I'm saying. So our next goal is to have, like, we hit the 100,000 milestone for both of us, and now we want to hit 100,000 each. And so my husband's starting a new job uh, in two weeks, I guess, um, and he won't have a 401k, like a good 401k anymore. So I have to open my solo 401k, and I will have... Yeah, I have to do that in the next few weeks. So I was just researching before we got on this interview. Yeah, well, I, yeah, it's, I mean, it was super simple for me to do. I just opened it up because from what my tax person said, like I needed to open it up before the end of 2020 in order to contribute it, like after the fact in 2021, whatever, all this tax talk. But all I know is I'm excited to start investing again in that way because, you know, I, I like investing and saving um, and growing money. So it's really exciting to get back yeah. to it. Yeah, I'm in a bit different of a place than you both. <laughs> so here's the here's the real-time freedom that's happening over here. I've got so much goal competition with money. And so there's this element, and Jen has been so helpful with this, of, okay, where can I put small amounts of money, but where can I also really be going hard right now? And so one of our goals, my husband and I just bought a home, and it needs renovations. As Jen so lovingly describes my new home, it's a dumpster fire. (laughs) (laughs) It's got good bones. It's livable. (laughs) It's got good bones, and it's going to be lovely. But we want a cash flow our home renovations. We are out of debt, of course, other than this mortgage we just saddled ourselves with, but don't want to get into more debt. And so we're cash flowing home renovations. That's our goal for this year is to put as much money as we can to go at that hard so that in the coming year or two, we can then look at going at greater money into investments and retirement accounts. But for this year, it's a new kitchen. I love that. <laughs> but we we did set up your Roth IRA contributions. She did. Yes. I pulled out yes. my computer one night. She was at my house and I was like, girl, we need to get you we invested. I was like, but I see putting money into my home as an investment. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I support you. You were so good with me. Uh, <laughs> but let's put a little bit of money in so that you're not completely halting this and then still go hard at your home renovation. So I feel good about that. 
I'm not completely putting other goals on the back burner entirely, but also not probably won't be maxing out the Roth IRA this year. That's okay. Little bit. And it's okay. Time it's in the okay market is more important than the amount invested. And we're, we got you. We're and my you home will be worth so much more money. <laughs> Especially here. And you'll enjoy it too, right? Like mm-hmm. that's part of just like selecting the things you do mm-hmm. and why you're doing it. So, Girl, yeah, yeah you need that new kitchen. <laughs> Everyone knows there's like exposed wires like, yes. and tile falling off the walls. So, very, yeah. very weird. But I don't want to go into debt for it. So this is what needs to happen. Yes. Well, Jamila, thank you again for coming on. This was a great conversation. And uh, I hope that it has kind of made financial independence more accessible to more people and believe that it is more attainable for them. Where can people get more from you if they want to hear your beautiful voice more? Well, thank you. And so if wherever you listen to this podcast, you can just type in journey to launch and you'll find my podcast, which you can listen to. I also drop episodes every Wednesday, you know, whether it's solo episodes with me or guests. And you can also find me at Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I mostly hang out on Instagram at journey to launch. And you can go to my website, which I just got um, redone by the way. So journey to launch.com for more information. Very cool. Yeah. Journey to launch is an amazing podcast. So definitely go subscribe right now. Yeah. And it gets me excited about space exploration too. Mm. your intro music I'm like how fitting (laughs) yeah it's so funny I didn't know at the time like I'd go so far which is why my journey or stages also sound you know like I'm based them off of like traveling to space (laughs) and like the position people have like I was like I might as well just go all in right like here I am well, good. So yes. If you love space exploration, definitely get it and on the financial show. independence. Do it's it. a good blend. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jamila. So great talking with you and best wishes to you with beginning investing again. Thank you so much. That was fantastic. So, so great. Just as you said at the beginning of the episode, such an approachable way that Jamila presents this concept. And I know we keep using this word freedom, but I think it's genuine to the way that she positions herself, how she messages about this. And I, it gets me excited, at least. I know even as someone who is aiding and putting this content out, it's also speaking to me. Mm-hmm. Something to aim at and ways to get there. So great. Yeah, absolutely. So, definitely, if financial independence is something you're interested in or just hearing other great interviews, for sure go and subscribe to Journey to Launch. You will definitely enjoy it. We highly recommend. And please, if you like this show and these interviews, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitchers. We very much appreciate that too. And we thank you so much. I have given us the goal to get a thousand reviews this year. We are very far away from it, but with your help, we can do it. Like this one from Hannah Jane Price, informed, fun, practical. And it just happens to be five stars. She says, if you're not subscribed to this, you need to be. After discovering this fantastic resource about 18 months ago and going on a full Frugal Friends binge, Jen and Jill feel like old friends who just never miss with what I need to hear. Sometimes it's a new way of looking at something, sometimes just validating or reinforcing what needs 
renewed attention in my financial life. What sets this podcast apart from many others I've tried is just how informed their perspective is. They aren't afraid to acknowledge the underlying emotional side of personal finance and offer honest and practical advice that suits all circumstances. There's something here for everyone. Can't recommend enough. Wow. That was beautiful. Beautifully written and really comprehensive. Not all reviews need to be this comprehensive, but we so appreciate it. Some really helpful feedback here about what you enjoy about the podcast, and it helps others to know if they're going to find what they're looking for in our podcast. We know we're not for everyone, but we're so glad to be here for you who appreciate our style and the way that we're delivering the content. We also want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. So when you share the latest episode and tag us on Facebook or Instagram, we add you to our monthly drawing. For every five tags and reviews we get each month, we give away one copy of the Frugal Friends workbook, which if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that one copy of the Frugal Friends workbook actually comes with two copies. So you can share it with a friend and go through Mm -hmm. it together. So enjoy. You have our full permission to share it. So keep leaving us reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you want to win a copy of the Frugal Friends workbook, send the screenshot to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to tag us on social. And uh, Jennifer, our lovely assistant producer, will send you that if you win. Yay. See you next week. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Is our assistant producer you? Are you Jennifer? No. (laughs) I've told you about Jennifer before. She's my VA. And when I have her doing frugal friends work, she's the assistant producer. You have told me about her. I just wanted to make sure that you weren't referring to yourself. (laughs) I'm in the third person. I would never do that. Good to know. Like I would never get on TikTok. Yeah, exactly. We know how much to take, how serious to take your nevers. I know. Never say never. It's so embarrassing. Well, at least you're investing. Go follow me on TikTok. At least you're doing it. You're doing the thing. Thank you. Finding your own journey. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.